Hello and welcome to episode seven of Runners Don't Just Run with two Yorkshire birds. I am a very full of cold Nicola Squires in Yorkshire and I believe we have Alona Young in Liverpool dressed in some very sporting attire. Hello Lona. Hello Nicola, I like, I like to see that you've got a snotty nose as well. She definitely does have a cold. Is that a snotty nose or is it um, like albicile on your upper lip? No. I've fully vapor rubbed, but I've got a very shiny face. Uh, you you also, when you said no, then it was a very exaggerated no. I think the internet, something happened with the internet, so it was a <laughs> no. <laughs> How are you? Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year, Nicola. I haven't spoke to you Happy since the 3rd of January. Everybody else who was listening, mainly Lorna's dad. Um, yeah, had a, had a nice Christmas, did you? Good Christmas, thank you. I had a really nice time. I got to see some family and some friends. Obviously not as much as you'd want to, but uh, it was good. Um, yeah, lovely. Good. I had, Did you I have two, a- I had two weeks off work as well, so it's been really nice. Very refreshing. Good, you look very refreshed, mm. which is good. Did you, and did you have a highlight of Christmas in particular? See my family. That's nice. Yeah. And I, how about... I got the chance to FaceTime with your dad and he had a wonderful hat on. Oh, the turkey hat? The turkey hat was fantastic, yeah. Yeah, it's his, it's his Christmas hat, even though we bought it. I think we bought it for Thanksgiving, to be honest, but he gets it out at Christmas every time. Did you also see his apron? Ooh. He had a Christmas festive apron on. Yes, but I can't remember what was on it. I think that was also a turkey. He was wearing the calf kids and one, like a nice floral one. I think that might be mum's. And I thought, Dad, I'm sure you've got a Christmas apron you can put on. So yeah. whacked it out, whacked it on. Good. If he cooks turkey at any other time of the year, does he whack the hat out as well? No, I don't think so. Okay. I also remember we showed you around the uh, <laughs> the house a bit, didn't we? Did you not get a... Yeah, I had a tour of the Young's house and um, the tour of the bare wall where... Um, yeah. <laughs> where um, there isn't a picture. But one day, or you've got a lovely picture of yourself in cartoon, so maybe just whack that up there. Oh yeah, the one of the the two Yorkshire birds that's behind me at the moment. Yeah, I mean that might give people the wrong message. To be honest, anyway. Anyway, um, so should we crack on with our intentions and goals for the coming week? Yeah, forward looking. Do you mean yeah? Yeah. Yeah. Are we just going week? We're not going full on into the year, are we? Because I'm not that. I'm not no, I, don't think, I don't think anybody really wants to hear all that, do you? No. no. Yeah, you go ahead first if you want. Okay. Um, so um, my intention... beauty. Age oh, for beauty. Oh, only joking. My intention... This week is to be more brilliant. Wow. Wowzers. And that might be English, but that just means, yeah. That, just I think that excel, says well, doesn't excel it? Excel at life. If, if, can I just ask, if you were going to be an emoji this week? Yeah. Oof. I've got one for you. You go, if you can think of one. If not, I've got one for you. Are you looking at your phone? Yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, I'll nickel again off it. She's taking the emojis. No, I'm looking at emojis. Oh. Um, along with the mask on at the minute because I'm full of cold. Mm, yeah. It's not COVID, what they've about, got a test. No, it's not COVID, they've got, got a test, it's fine. Um, what about yourself? Which emoji would you be? No, I'm, I, I was just thinking of you with being brilliant. Oh, with being brilliant? Oh, I'd yeah. probably have the one. The brilliant one, um, stars in my eyes. That's exactly what I was going to say. Great Gary, minds. Is it Gary Glitter? Well. Was that not stars in your eyes? Did he not do that show? Uh, no, I, I think that was, um, what was it called? <laughs> Kelly? <laughs> Gary, I don't oh, think anyone... sorry, it's not Gary Glitter. Anyway, <laughs> let's not talk about Gary Glitter anymore. Um, that's a good intention. I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing how brilliant you are next week. Can't wait because at the minute I'm struggling to do daily tasks. You know what I'd like, actually, if you don't mind. Um, we don't. You don't have to say this on the podcast, but you have to tell me how you've been brilliant. All right, I will do specific examples. Thanks. No problem. Um, and my goal goal for the week is uh, to just get rid of this cold. That's good. What What's that going to involve? A bit of nostril clearing. Uh, it probably means I need to stop being an idiot and because I've ran all the way through it. So I probably just should just stop running for a day or two. But New Year, isn't it? It's hard to it's hard to take a rest day when you're a bit obsessed. Well, do you want to know? Anyway, on to you. I What's your two months? Week? I know, I'm sorry, Lona. It's all right. Um, my intentions and goals are pretty similar. My goal is to spend a lot less time on my phone, which I've been doing, and I'm going to keep doing that. This week, turn my phone off early on an evening and later in the morning. And I think this week will be a good one to keep going with that because I'm back at work and I need to get back into routine. And my intention is just to be more, <laughs> more present. More that, present? Yes, more present. But it really helps. I've, as Nicola knows, I've been spending a lot less time on my phone and it's just good to be off your phone more. And when you're walking around, it's nice to actually make eye contact with people rather than looking at your phone. So that is my intention. So when you're walking around, might you still be listening to a podcast, but, but you've not got your head replying to something or yeah but sometimes I'm actually trying to not do that as much as well when I'm leaving my apartment block because I realize there's a, there's always like a few little an elderly woman and an elderly man I always see and I always feel like I'm listening to something on my like a podcast or something and I just think it's they might be the only people they I might be the only person that they've seen all day that might be where they've left the house just to see Lorna Young and there I am oh. listening to a podcast yeah Oh, Gary Glitter. Oh, ooh, does he still, is he, is he still alive? I think he's in prison. I think he's in prison. I don't think he's sending many podcasts out, pal. No. Well, no, musically, you might want to leave his gang. I don't know. You, I wouldn't yeah, suggest yeah. that. I won't ask them that. Anyway. No, don't ask him. Don't ask him. No, no. Well, they're, they're good out there, I think. Brilliant. <laughs> clear, clear nose. Yeah, and... Your goal is to be more, no, more present and less fun. Off your yeah, that's good. Yeah. Right. Should we, uh, should we crack on with the guest? Yeah, we've already recorded it. We're not going to live. We had to do it 
a few days ago on New Year's Day, which was really nice of the guest guest to yeah. record it on New Year's Day. And it's a cracking one, isn't it? Yes. It was a really nice start to the new year. Yeah. Inspirational. Um, I'm not being sarcastic. It was inspirational, I thought. Did you? It was really inspirational. And um, yeah, she was really lovely. And it shows that you can juggle lots, lots of things and do them all really well. Yeah. And she's not even she's not even a perform performing artist. No, no. She can juggle no. for a profession. No. No. Anyway, do you want to do the drum roll? Drum roll. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, uh, Nicola and I are extremely excited about our next guest onto the show. She is a extremely talented athlete, having been having competed for her country Scotland as well as Great Britain on a number of occasions, both at the junior and senior level. She's ran some unbelievably quick times, ranging from the 800 metres to the half marathon. And she's also won some major championships, which includes the European junior champs as well as the Commonwealth junior champs. Um, But not only that, um, is she extremely good at running, as as I've just mentioned, but she also has a highly successful professional career, which we'll touch upon later, and I think what quite a lot of the conversation will be about today is how she has just become a new mum to a baby girl, Molly. So um, she's basically Wonder Woman. Um, we're just going to introduce her now. And this is Morag Miller. Welcome, Morag. Hi, guys. Thanks so much for having me on. That's OK. Thank you for coming. Yeah. We'll, I will also say Happy New Year. <laughs> Yeah, happy new year. <laughs> um, so first of all, before I get into the interview, I just thought it'd be good for you, Morag, to give your, give the listeners a little bit of an introduction to yourself if they're not familiar with who you are, give them a bit of background about where you've come from and what you do now. Yeah, um, so I'm a Scottish runner and um, I started running when I was about 15. Uh, I used to play football for Scotland and then my dad took me along to athletics to try and athletics training to try and improve my speed and stamina for football and then I ended up running quite quickly. So and then my coach wanted me to drop the football. So I ended up uh, taking up running and I've basically loved it ever since well, loved most of it ever since. I think we have a sort of love hate relationship with athletics because when we get injured it's the worst thing in the world and then when we're running fit it's the best and feeling amazing it's the best feeling in the world um but yeah and I've uh, competed for Scotland and Great Britain a few times I would say I had a more successful junior career than senior I think my senior career has been a bit of a disappointment um but yeah and then we've recently had a wee girl um who is coming up to seven months now so that's been a uh, 2020 and it's been tough for a lot of people but it's actually been an amazing year for us so that's good good to hear um, so I'm going to start with um, some of the running chat. Um, as you've just mentioned, you started running when you were 15, and I know that you were quite a, a superstar as a junior athlete. Um, so do you think that the football helped you become a good athlete? Like that's why you were naturally good at it? Or do you think it was kind of genetics and parents good at running? Or where do you think that? Um, well my mum just the other day she was looking at she must have kept a wee diary of when I was like so she's obviously comparing it to Molly now 
And she has like I was kicking a ball about with alternate feet at like 17 months. So like I was kicking a ball about from like a really young age. I was always active. We were always outside. We live in the country. Yeah. Um, so I think that helps massively if you're if you're active anyway. So I think in that respect, playing football helped keep me fit. Because um, I think it's see when I see people coming along to club because I train with Central and it's really it's great. It's like everyone's welcome. Um, and when you see some older people coming along and trying to get into training, I think it's so hard when it's not something that you've always done. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's great when people come along, but it is so hard. I think if you haven't done it from a young age, so I always. I say that to Liz, I feel really lucky that like my parents took me along to try a variety of sports. Yeah. Like, they took me gymnastics, dance, football, uh, and then running. But I, I hated gymnastics and dance, so uh-huh. managed to drop that when I was like, even before I hit my teens. Um, but it's just it was just amazing to get the opportunity to do things. Because yeah. without doing all these things, you wouldn't find the ones that you liked. So I think just being sporty in any sport, um, I think the, the more variety of sport you can get at a young age, the better it is, really. Yeah. To build up that physical fitness yeah and also get something that you enjoy because that's massively important like mm-hmm. you don't want to be forcing your kid to do something that they don't want to do mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. do you remember your first session at central was it central you went to when you were young yes uh, no i don't remember my first but i remember the sort of you got like a tester session to see if you could go up to the big group the big group is like the endurance group rather than like with the kids and yeah. i had to do two four hundreds and it was like with like a sort of was it 10 minutes in between or something and then you if, if you were fast enough you could go up but I remember being like not able to pace it well at all mm. I think there was like 15 seconds difference between my two 400s or something like that or was it 10 something like that but I didn't want to cheat I didn't want to run faster than so basically you're supposed to do what you think you could do in an 800 yeah and I might be like a lot faster in the second one and then John who took the group at the time was like yes you're going up to the, group, the big group and I was like, oh yeah so it's like a real it's like you'd like graduated it's like, it's really exciting so that's the that's the main thing I don't remember all the other sessions as like a young I don't think I was in that the young group that long because uh-huh. as I said I joined I was my dad took me along I was already like 15 so it wasn't like I was like because it's weird like um I know we'll talk about it later but a lot of patients to my clinic they have like young kids because we, we talk a lot you get you get more of a chance to chat in the clinic than you do at as a dentist, obviously, for obvious reasons, because you're in someone's mouth and they can't really. Yeah. The dentist thing where you chat to someone and they can't reply, and you're like, oh. um, But it's amazing, like, the kids can start skiing and what was the other thing? Um, like, bouldering or wall climbing from like four and five. Yeah. But, athletic, but you can't actually join until you're nine. Mm. Is it always, I always think it's crazy. It's like, yeah. I was. I was I don't know if that was to, that would be to do with how it affects your body, but then I feel like bouldering and skiing are both quite dangerous sports. Yeah, like high risk, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> do you remember being? Do you remember enjoying running when you were young? When you just when you first started? Or um, I remember everything I used to do when I was so I was when I was a junior. Everything like my coach was amazing. He's Derek. He's Derek Easton at Central. Um, and he was really good at like holding you back. Like he would never, there was never any danger that I'd be overtrained. That's but, good. But it's a youngster. Like you see when you're a youngster, you like, I don't know if you know what I mean, but you know, when you see like younger ones coming into your group, they always go like eyeballs out. They've got like no fear. Yeah. So that's what I was like as a youngster. I would give it like everything. So every, although I wasn't doing a high mileage, I would, I would put quite a lot of pressure on myself and would like push myself hard, like not on the, my runs, but every session that I did. Yeah, but I don't think I don't think I really enjoyed it from that 
that respect because I would always put a lot of pressure on myself. But I did love the feeling of knowing that you were you were fit. Did when did you start competing and when did you start when did others or you yourself know that you were actually pretty good at running? Um I think maybe it was there was this girl Sharon who was really good. It was a cross country season. And I remember the first time she would always beat me. So like it was like two or three races. So it's my first cross country season. Mm-hmm. And I beat her and that was a big moment because she was like like the top in Scotland. And then a few weeks later, it'd been a tough call because there was a football match on, or there was the inter-counties. Do you know the inter-counties? Yeah. There used to be a big thing down in Nottingham. Yeah. Yeah, and so and then I went down there and I won the inter-counties, and that was a big... Oh, wow. Yeah, and then, so my mum and dad didn't... <laughs> this is going to sound really terrible. Like, my mum and dad didn't have Sky TV, and it was on Sky, because it used to be a massive deal. Yeah. Um, I yeah. It was on Sky. So my mum and dad went into the TV shop... <laughs> And I wanted to change the TV, TV channel to Sky so they could watch me watch my race. Did they think that you win? Did they think that you were going to win that? No, see- they didn't. Know. They didn't, know. Like, didn't have any idea. And then so then and then like I had this. My mum lent me her phone. It was like a because at that time you know when you're like so what was it? I must have been sixteen or fifteen because it wasn't long after I actually started running. Was so I didn't have your phone. My mum gave me her phone. It was like a brick. It was like the one where you. <laughs> It was a BT one where you had to lift up the antenna, I think. <laughs> um, so she messaged, and then I mind, so I think I'd, my dad just got a phone there at that time. So basically, I got a text coming through saying that they'd managed to see it really well done, blah, blah, blah. And that was like amazing. Oh, that's an achievement. Yeah, I, no, that was, that was, that was really, that's not fair. Like, that's, because you know when it's your first, like, bigger thing? Yeah. That was amazing. And plus, I, to, I didn't pace it properly at all. So I had to properly, like, sprint at the end. And it was just, it's one of those things where you can just see me like coming for the girl that was and then yeah it's just really it wasn't like I was leading from the start I I didn't win it by like that much but it was it was yeah. really quite exciting to watch apparently. Can you, uh, <laughs> can you cover of Athletics Weekly? No because you was only under 17s. Yeah I think um, I don't think I've never been no but it was it was like there was a, like a write-up with like a photo yeah, um, yeah. Once I did that, they would buy the Athletics Weekly and stuff. They'd be like, yeah, yeah. I remember Athletics Weekly still, haven't it? Um, so yeah. then, it's not as big as it again, I don't think. Is it not? Not as big as it used to be, is it? I don't yeah, think. I think so. There's the internet and stuff now. People can read stuff online. That's true. Um, so after the intercounties, then how did you did you compete for Scotland a few times after that? Like, was that kind of like? What happened after that? Yes, yeah, so I just gradually improved as a junior. Um, my first big chance for Great Britain was the World Youth Games. Yeah, right. In Canada, you go there for two weeks, and I got really, really homesick. So the eight hundred, it was eight hundred, then that was my distance then. So it was quite good. I was able to compete across country, but also eight hundred. Yeah. Um, but Derek was really good. He would never like overtrain me, or I, I never like I always like knew that. I was always like kind of some, something seemed to him like especially he'd be really good at like tapering down so mm-hmm. a week before a race he'd be like no you're hardly doing anything and I remember being confused being like you know as a youngster you think I'm going to lose fitness but you don't obviously yeah um, and he told me it's always you know when you, something sticks in your head um, he told me that like you can you don't like if you don't run for five days you won't lose any fitness yeah so I don't know if that's a fact or not but um, now it's actually because it's he said he's really young it's like I treat it as a fact in my head basically because yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, the World Youth Games was rough. I think I got to the final, but I finished last. I was so homesick. Mm. Um, I just, just wanted to be, to be done at home because I'd never been at home 
Um, and as you seen Bolt and Sally Pearson, they were like the stars of that oh, wow. championship. Um, so that really was really cool. Yeah. Um, I guess so that, that was when they were starting to emerge. So that was when. What would that be like? Fifteen plus fifteen years ago, or so. Oh, more than that. Yeah. Wait, what year was that? I can't even. I wasn't at uni yet. That's um, crazy that you saw them though compete. Two thousand two or two thousand and one, something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Do you? Yeah, I just. I, so you know when they have to go to champs to get experience. Like you have yeah. to fail before you, yeah. So I feel like that was like my breaking in championships. Yeah. When you when you were a junior, like under seventeen and under twenty age, do you feel like you felt pressure to compete well? Yeah, but just from my well, mm-hmm. uh, a wee bit from my my parents. A wee well, because like, I think my dad just really wanted me to do well because I'd dropped to football for athletics mm-hmm. by that time. Um, but it was mainly internal, like pressure. Yeah. Um, that's mainly it's like it's a it's a weird it's a weird feeling because you know it's like you just do put you know it's it just feels like when you're when you're younger it just feels like it's so important I didn't really have that much perspective I don't think as I do now yeah but obviously I still get nervous and I think nerves are really good for me I think nerves help me massively mm-hmm. um, but it's you can still like keep it under control more than when you were younger yeah and I guess like that was probably the most important thing in your life at that time. Like, yeah, yeah. Basically just running and then like you have to do well in your exams. But it was like, oh. Yeah. But exams is like different because it's not, I find it easier. You just study and then you, yeah. you do your exam. Whereas you're not competing against anyone else. Yeah. And whereas in a race, there's only one winner. Like more yeah. than one people can, one, one people, more than one person like in an exam can get the result that they want. Whereas in a race, it's a lot harder because there's only one winner. Yeah. And there's a lot more variables as well in, yeah. in the exam. And so um, you went to university when you were 18, I guess? Yeah, so I was quite young. I was 17. I had my favourite birthday. So, yeah, which is crazy because I'll be a master. Yeah. I'll be 30. In Scotland, we're, we're, when we hit 35. Right. <laughs> but yeah, I was 17 when I went to uni. So then did you remain training in the same area as... Um, that you were living in like previously did you stay in the same area and train with the same group when you're at university yes, I, I, I lived up in Dundee so I went down every Tuesday and then Saturday when there were sessions but I actually got injured like as soon as I went to uni so my first year pretty much I was injured from like the September till uh, yeah like for several months so that was a bit rough and but it's funny because someone brought up recently about the national champs because mm. they were like oh I, I finished like fifth or something and there's like oh like oh actually it was Derek actually he brought up that I'd had a really bad race but then I'd been injured from like September to like and then he wanted me to go for a jog like the night before my race and then he was like oh yeah well, well he's like yeah you will we'll just race tomorrow and I was like but you just did whatever your coach told you at that time yeah so yeah that was but that was really that was a really bad year actually because I was really I'd been to world youth games had a and I was really wanting to like, I was being really serious about my athletics, but I was just ended up aqua jogging for several months. Mm-hmm. And aqua jogging it doesn't really work for me. Mm. Spoke about that actually last time for us. Um, so you, did you get injured quite a bit at university? Yeah, I did get injured quite a lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I've got a better system in place now. Uh-huh. Uh, a lot stronger and I found like an amazing physio. Um, I struggled to find physios and I was in the Institute of Sport at that time. 
Right. So you just had to go and see whatever. Well, you didn't have to, but I, I used to use the physios. They basically they have certain physios that they use. They just went along to them. But mm-hmm. then there was this lady who used to be involved with Scottish Athletics teams, Joan. Um, what she was an amazing physio. She retired though, like pretty much just around that time. Mm-hmm. But it turned out I had anterior compartment syndrome. I don't know if you've heard oh, of that. I have. I think I've had that as well before in the calf area. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, mine was just, just round from the calf, so it was like the anterior, mm. um, like just basically just beside my shin. Mm. It was amazing. Like, so I saw her, and she diagnosed it straight after being off for months. Because you know when you get that the physio that's like amazing, she pinpointed what it was straight away, and I was back running within a few weeks. Like yeah. building up, she would have me walking for like 10 steps, jogging 10 steps. Oh, I felt yeah. like an absolute idiot doing that in the park. But, um, but she, honestly, she was a fantastic physio, and it just... It just made you realise how important it is to get a good physio because you can be sitting there for, for months. Yeah. Really hard to find. What What do you think the reasons were for your injuries at that time? Then do you know? Um, I I'm not sure. My mum's a GP, and we've spoken about this before. Um, I had like an issue where I had like my joints would swell up, um, and so I went to I was referred to rheumatology and. They diagnosed me, they, my rheumatoid, it's, it's a bit kind of geeky, um, but my rheumatoid, I'm rheumatoid factor positive. They did other tests. I've got low white blood cells, those things together, and my, my joints swell, and they think I've got a non-specific um, uh, connective tissue disorder. Right. Um, so that basically, because um, randomly my joints will swell up, so I've actually been really lucky with the physio that I found. She does a certain type of treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, so... I think that's really helped with that side of things. Mm-hmm. She does have something called craniosacral treatment, basically. It's, it's kind of hard to describe, but um, yeah, basically since I've started seeing her, my issues have like gone away. Like for basically one of my, I was, I was actually getting really worried, really worried about my job. Mm-hmm. Um, my, like for instance, my index finger, I couldn't properly bend my finger, so I could only bend it like that much. Because yeah. my joint was swollen, and now it's back. I can... But yeah, basically, we've got a non-contective tissue disorder, and like, I think I've probably got a tendency to get like tendon problems, and because it's always a tendon for me, it's like yeah. my, my biceps femoris or my Achilles or my patella tendon. I've had a stress fracture before, but I think that's just the volume of training I was doing. Yeah, um, I was coached by Liz McCoggan for a for a time. Oh, right. I was doing my mileage then, um, but I've got a bone scan and my bone density and everything's fine. But my periods did disappear for like five years. But they haven't. Luckily, it hasn't affected my bones. Right. I didn't realize what a big issue that was at the time. I think that's a it's a really good thing. It's an up and coming thing that people are becoming more aware of and talking about a bit more. Yeah. But at the time, I thought it was good because I was like, oh, I'm not getting any period pains. Yeah. <laughs> was yeah. that you doing high mileage then? Yeah, I was doing about mm, for quite about sort of 80, 90 miles a week, but like consistently. Wow. Yeah. To to run what at my distance at the time was a fifteen hundred. Uh-huh. So that's really high mileage, isn't it? Yeah, and it was a lot of it's really intense stuff. Like we'd be on the track like three times a week. I'd be doing a tempo as well around that. Awesome. Plus a long run plus circuits. It was quite a lot. Yeah. Um, How did but, you um you mentioned aqua jogging in that you used to do um that in the past? What else do you do or did you do for cross training? What worked? Well, like Liz was amazing. Like I sort of cross training getting you back fit, she was brilliant. So she had these like machines and she used to have a gym at the time. Uh-huh. Um, so I basically just like bought I've, so we in our garage now we've got like a couple of cross trainers 
and she knows so much about like biomechanics and what you should use to get back fit uh-huh. um i just basically like it's really like on ebay and then i found one in gumtree as well like a really cheap like elliptical machine it's the same it's got like a long stride length um because a lot of the ellipticals i don't really like because they don't have a long stride length and you can't really you can't get a workout and it doesn't really replicate like the stride length you can achieve in running yeah um, so yeah i basically got i use cross trainers now rather than aqua join and yeah. they're really good they're no impact yeah um, yeah you had an elliptical at one point as well didn't you yeah, I still have it. It was amazing and pregnancy and I loved it because, yeah, it was just, you could get out and about in the summer. It was actually during lockdown and I used it a lot. Yeah. You were interested in it. Yeah, I was. I was telling Nicola about it as well, actually. <laughs> They're really fun, aren't they? Oh, really fun. I showed my work it and uh, a picture of it yeah. and they start calling it a climb bike. <laughs> <laughs> I think, yeah, during lockdown, I guess it would be good with the roads quiet, but I think in a city centre, they're not that useful. No, no, yeah. We're really good because just out the back of our house, there's a wee sort of trail path, but then we've got like a long sort of flat road for like about four miles out and back. Mm. That's pretty much ideal, but some cars, like, they don't give you like that much space. Yeah. They're probably like what... Sometimes a car come really close. I know, yeah, they're probably looking in like to the side and just like veering off towards you. It's like, ooh. <laughs> Have you ever tried using the elliptical with... Molly on the back anywhere, attaching Molly to something. No, I know we haven't because we've seen because Thule and there'll be other ones as well that do like a sort of one you can attach onto a bike. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know though because it's quite it's very long. I yeah. don't think I'd want to take Molly out. I think it'd be too. A bit too dangerous. I, I do a lot of quite a lot of bunny uh, buggy running with her now. I feel mm-hmm. quite safe for that, but um, no, that'd be too much. I think with the trailer on the back because it is so long. I'd be worried that people wouldn't give us enough space. Yeah. She'd probably be about 10 meters behind or something. <laughs> um, so you, after your junior career, you then had a few injuries and then what happened like in your 20s then? After yes, that? junior. So then um, my biggest achievement probably was when I won the European junior 1500 meters. Yeah. So I was like 19 then. Well, look, I'd won the Commonwealth Youth Games before that, mm. 1500 again. And then, the, then it was the European uh, juniors. And then I thought everything was just going to push on from there. And then you, then I was in the Scottish Institute of Sport. So it, rather than being the Area Institute, they put you in the Scottish Institute. And then I got picked for the Commonwealth Games in uh, Melbourne in 2006. Yeah. Um, that was a wee bit controversial um, because I didn't actually get the qualifying time, but it's because I'd won that championship they put me in. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got injured. Um, and again, same situation. So you use their physios. Yeah. And to be honest, it'd be much better if I'd found the physio that I have now. I think if I'd found the physio that I have now, mm-hmm. I don't think I'd have had those in, like issues. And then also with the institute, they make you do their well. They don't make you do it, but um, they because you're like you're young, you just do what you're told, kind of thing. So I did really really heavy weights. I put on quite a lot of weight, but I still ended up with my hamstring issues that I'd always had, and mm-hmm. my running just went from bad to worse because they actually told me to cut down my mileage and increase my weights. Which looking back now was like the worst thing because I hardly do any weeks now. Yeah. I don't do any, which I really should. I've always I was always like, yeah, I'll get back and like do a wee bit of gym work, but mm-hmm. I don't do anything actually. Um, but mileage is the most important thing for runners. Mm-hmm. But they were trying to cut down my mileage. It just wasn't good, and I was just um, so I was with, I was sponsored by Nike. They dropped me um, the institute. I got let go from there. Mm-hmm. Um, I was just really struggling and it was a real shame because Derek as I said Derek Easton was my first coach and he was amazing 
mm-hmm. but didn't really know that much about weight training and we didn't really know what what was basically my running I was I'd gone from being a really promising junior should try and push on from there trying to get entry to all these races because that's what you do on the back of that you try and get entry to races to no, it's just like you know like diamond leagues and that kind of thing yeah. um, and it just didn't work out at all and then I was really like sort of flailing about and not really sure what to do mm-hmm. and then mom and dad were like look we need to change things and I was up in Dundee and then we were at Meadowbank one time that's that was a track in Edinburgh for like mm-hmm. a championships and I was just I, I ran rubbish I was running slower than I was like yeah. before that and then um, mom and dad were like oh look you really need to go and speak to like like Liz McCoggan was there so then I ended up speaking to her and she was like I was wanting help with the weights and she said look if, I, if we're going to take if I'm going to help you I need to take over everything I wouldn't just um help you with one thing I'd want control of everything mm-hmm. and then that's when I decided to switch to Liz because she was in well she was in Carnoustie but it was basically like really close to Dundee and it's real shame because I got really upset because obviously you want to stay with your coach that's got yeah. you so far um so that was really tough but I felt that's what I needed to do mm-hmm. Then I got back, I actually got back really fit with Liz quite quickly and I ended up coming fourth at the uh, European Cross Country Champs in under 23s. Mm. And then, but then I think the volume was too much for me because it was always high quality, high volume stuff. Yeah. Um, and I ended up getting a stress fracture and I didn't get the, I missed, a, I didn't get the qualifying for 2010 and my iron was low as well. So 2010 in Delhi, I was, the, I was really super, super fit. Yeah. Um, TV that year but it wasn't the qualifying and I, I was so annoyed because I ran that race so badly I just didn't I, I so had it in within me to get the qualifying uh-huh. you know I didn't get the qualifying but I didn't match anyway because I would have had the stress fracture yeah um, yeah so then I mean ever since then it's just been and then I missed the qualifying for the 2014 Commonwealth Games by like less than a second for the 1500 again and then I ended up coming back to Central uh, and it was it's been really good now I'm enjoying my running a lot more um, and yeah. then I came back I won the national cross-country champs in 2017 and then I got my worst injury I've ever had which was a patella tendinosis it was like really severe I had like steroid injections and uh, the it just basically the guy said that that was my my running career finished Um, he was a consultant radiologist and yeah that was it I thought everything was over Um, and then I found this lady that does shockwave and that basically that's me back running now, and it's been really good ever since. And I had my best ever year in 2019, not best ever year, but best since. Yeah. And I ran, I ran the my PV for 5k. Yeah, I saw and, that as well. And then, then Molly arrived, and that's where we are now. <laughs> it's, it's such an interesting like path for what where you've come from and what you've been through. Like, there's so much we could talk about there, but we. Um, do you have any like lessons that you'd wish you'd known maybe 10 20 years ago that you'd ever tell your younger self or that you'd tell um, any younger athletes that are listening to this um yeah the, the institute probably is the biggest thing for me so probably like as in the Scottish Institute of Sport if just because someone's telling you something and they are an expert in their field. Yeah. I wouldn't necessarily believe everything. So I would always question everything that you're told. Yeah. If you're with your coach and you trust them and what you're doing is working, basically, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. It's probably what I would say. Yeah. It sounds like that from what you've said as well. 
And also, your, you know your body or you know your training better than anyone else. So even if they're, as you say, if they're an expert in their field, it doesn't necessarily, what they know is going to work for you. So maybe trust Because the only might be an expert in weights. So basically, when the weights program that I was doing, they would have different weights, but they would have the rugby players and the curlers like doing exactly the same program as you were having the the runners and the hockey players. And the, it just, yeah. looking back now, I'm just like, what an idiot. But I was like, I was quite young for my age. Yeah. And I just these were supposed to be like you're going along and you were you're having meetings with people and they were saying, Oh yeah, they were going through a plan, which I never had before because I used to just turn up to training and Derek would be like, Oh, this is what it is. You'd never find out. I yeah. just thought people knew what they were talking about. Mm. And I, I just just the fact that Derek didn't tell me sessions, he, Derek does know what he's talking about. It's just that you wouldn't yeah. He didn't went about weight. So I love that as well when people don't just sort of I love it when you ask somebody something and they say they don't know I would rather someone say they didn't know than try and make up an answer yeah mm. yeah but it was yeah it's a hard lesson to learn because I do have regrets but yeah but, but I wouldn't be in the situation now like yeah. I wouldn't I hadn't gone back to Tuma Central then like Lewis and I because I met Lewis at Central so Lewis uh, and I might be together and then so yeah. everything does work out but just yeah. a shame it didn't get from athletics. <laughs> but you achieve so much. You you did achieve so much, and I'm sure you will do from now on as well. Also, the fact that you're still running too, and you say that you're still enjoying it, which is really good. Yeah, I'm enjoying it more than ever. Actually, I think just yeah, the fact that we've got a wee addition now. You feel like um, now you've got different challenges, obviously in your life, that that's making running more enjoyable because you can. You, it's a different kind of test for you how you're going to fit in your training how your body's changed how you adapt to training do you think that makes it more interesting um I think so because like for instance yesterday I did a tempo the weather was absolutely grim and I was like I can't be bothered and I wasn't like I'm always like that for a tempo because I hate tempos um but then afterwards Lewis is like I'm down here and then I'm up there because then I'm like I'm so excited I'm like oh yeah I'm finished now because Molly I'm like oh and he's just like what? You, yeah, you like that as well? I think we all are, yeah. Yeah. Related to exercise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you do want to do it because the feeling afterwards. Yeah. And I'll get fitter, but I'm just like, oh. But then afterwards, so that's my favourite bit now. Once I've done a hard training session and then I get to go back and see Molly and it's like. Oh. And I guess also with you, with you now, the time that you have to do it, you probably have to do it at a certain time. Whereas before, I guess you were more flexible with not having a child you were probably able to either do it in the morning or do it in the evening whereas now I guess you have that time in the day when you have to do it if the weather's really bad it doesn't matter you have to go out there I am I'm really lucky because well to be honest the newborn stage was super hard um I didn't realize how hard at the start because I had to get Molly to settle to earn the time to go in the cross trainer mm. whereas now I get her in a wee snowsuit chuck her in the buggy and we go and most of the time she falls asleep or she 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 actually likes being in the buggy so yeah. it's so much better whereas before I'd just be really tired the house would be a mess and I'd be trying to get Molly like to settle and then like often I'd be on the cross chair and then she'd wake up and I have to come off so running is just so much like being able to run with her in the buggy is brilliant so I do most of when Lucy's is away um then I do my, like a lot of my run morning runs are with the buggy but then in the evenings if I want to do like I often do my faster runs in the evening so Lucy will watch her then or he'll warm up with us, he'll run out and do a warm up and stuff and do how we run while we're, I'm training with the club. 
Yeah. And then we were warmed down together. So that's like really nice because he he's he's a really good runner as well. He's more a marathoner, but he's not really got anything at the moment to aim for. Mm. But um he'll he basically does that to allow me to try and get back because he said right. he would do that um when I was pregnant to allow me to get back to being because I find I train okay on my own, but as in runs in general, but for sessions, I really, really need to run with other people. Yeah. Um, and again, this year as well has been hard because you haven't had races to compete. So you probably need those other people to run with to push yourself. Yeah. But to be honest, I've not been, I've only been back at training with the sessions with the group since end of October. Oh, really? Um, so yeah, I had to build up things quite gradually. So um, it's, I've not been able to, even if there were races, I wouldn't have been able to do them anyway. Um, so, so we've, we've been so so lucky with the timing yeah i know it sounds like you've been really lucky um i've seen that because it's been so tough for a lot of other people and people have been like in the fittest shape i'm not like even you know obviously the, the main things about people being like ill or their family members and stuff like that but even for people it doesn't, it's not a big deal obviously for, for other people but if you're a runner the fact that you're like missing out if you've been like the fittest shape you've ever been in and then you've kind of lost this year it's not no, it doesn't. It's not in the same league as like other people having serious health problems, and uh, but it's it's something that still would affect your life. Yeah, definitely. And it I don't would, know if I don't run, would understand that. But yeah, I know. And it yeah, it would be frustrating if you were super fit and then you had no races to show it off. <laughs> um. So we'll talk a little bit about Molly now. She is. She was born in June. Was that is that right? June. Yeah, yeah it was the start of June. Yeah. So um, do you want to talk a little bit about that and how you found the pregnancy, how you found the birth? Yeah, yeah. Um, so pregnancy, I found pretty tough, to be honest. Um, I mind running along to training one time when I was pregnant and one of the guys there, uh, one of the older guys, everyone at the club is like super, super nice. One of the guys there was like, oh, yeah, I hope you're you keep on enjoying your pregnancy and I'm like this guy doesn't have a clue <laughs> I was like nobody enjoys their well some people do some people say they miss the bump and stuff like that I hated I absolutely hated it so first trimester you just feel really sick you feel really tired not everybody does but I did um there's certain foods you have like certain foods that you really want certain foods you go off which you, you certain foods that you love so, like I loved porridge I would eat chicken all the time I, then I couldn't stand porridge and then the smell of chicken would make me feel oh yeah. it's really weird certain smells like yeah. I used to love the wee sort of pop up pop out like chip things like crisp things oh yeah I smell them like Lewis would be eating them and I, I he'd been eating them like 10 minutes before I came in and I'd be like you've been eating those <laughs> you see how much you how your body changes that much like the biochemical makeup of your body yeah <laughs> yeah and then, but second trimester is a lot better. You feel better. The sickness went away. But then I got really, really severe like SI joint problems. So I was hobbling about. Had to stop running for a bit. That was excruciating. Like up until that time, that'd been the worst pain I'd ever had in my life. It was so, so sore. Um, but then I was lucky because that went away. Because some people get stuck with that. Yeah. So I, was, I went. Away. I, have, I do feel really lucky. As in everything that I've had that's come up has sort of only lasted a couple of weeks, and then it would go away. Um, my, my calves and my ankles swole up quite a lot so mm. and so much so it's rubbing on my trainer when I was running and it would start bleeding mm. um that went away as well I don't know how that happened so I thought it would just keep on getting worse and then third trimester we went into lockdown and I feel quite lucky about that as well because I was so tired 
Yeah. Like my main function was to like I would just I'd go I, I need exercise to function so I would just get my exercise done that day and then I would be so tired I didn't actually get much done apart from that. Yeah. So I didn't know if I would have been able if I was still at work. I, I would have been fine I think because it was the first trimester was quite tough as well. But kudos to the women who already have kids, especially we toddler kicking about and they're in late stage pregnancy. I actually don't know how they do it and if they're working as well. Yeah. I think, I think, yeah, I don't know how they do it either, but I guess you just adapt to the situation. That's the only thing you can do. <laughs> so were you running during your pregnancy? Yeah, so I ran, I obviously, like, I, the first, even from early on, like, I didn't, um, so Molly was a wee bit of a surprise, so um, I didn't know that I was pregnant initially. I was actually getting back from an wee Achilles niggle, mm. and the first thing... I noticed, so I'm quite good at cross training, so I, I keep quite fit normally. Mm-hmm. And then I was getting back running and I was so breathless. Like, I was just like, didn't understand what was going on. And yeah. I remember one in particular, and I kept going on about it to Lewis because I got back to the car and I was like, on, like just like leaning, like, you know, you just got your hands and your thighs, you're, you're bent forwards. And I was like, to Lewis, I was like, I'm so breathless. I don't understand what's going on. I just don't understand. And then about, it was about 10 days later, then I felt sick, like the whole day. And then the next day was the same again. Mm. And then I said, oh, I'm going to have to take a test. So then I took a test and then I was pregnant. And then, um, so then from then on, then I only would run once a day. Mm. But it was like, I couldn't plan. Like, I just have to, some days I felt quite good. Mm-hmm. Some days I felt rough. I would just, just take each day as it came. Um, I, would, I wouldn't do, what was the longest? I think the longest I did was seven miles. I, could, I couldn't do any long runs. It's just, it was an effort. Um, yeah. And then I would start getting pelvic pains quite early on, but then they settled. And then uh, I kept on running. Um, so I'd be running most days. Yeah. Um, and then, but then as we got later, later on, I was getting really bad pelvic pains. I started wearing a pregnancy belt, which was really good. Oh, um, but then I had to switch to alternate days and just a lot less. So mm-hmm. I'd be doing like three miles every second day. Um, but then it got to the stage where I was getting if I if I had really sharp pains when I was running and then it was it wasn't an ache afterwards I was fine with that but then it started to get like a bit of an ache mm-hmm. and I was stopping like for like a few hours afterwards mm. I was like this isn't worth it so then I ended up just stopping. Mm. So, so did you mainly do did you cross train then or did you my cross train yeah so I uh, so I stopped running three days before Molly was due. And then mm. she was 11 days late, so I stopped running two weeks before she was due. Mm. But I still, um, cr- then I, so then I went, so I cross-trained on the t- alternate days. Mm-hmm. Even then, I found that hard. It's just because it was, I, I wouldn't say it was even really the size. Yeah. It was the breathlessness. Yeah. Like, so it's really weird because, obviously, if you're not pregnant, you don't appreciate. I found the running when I was pregnant hard from the start. Mm. And then as I got bigger, people were like, oh, wow, how are you able to run that pace for for being so big yeah, but it was actually yeah. the breathlessness that hampers you more than the size mm-hmm. so I was struggling from the get-go mm-hmm. um which I, I was really interesting I never appreciated before I was pregnant yeah I guess also sometimes you gradually put that on during the pregnancy so your body adjusts to that rather than just like the instant oh yeah you wake up with a big bump one day and you've got to yeah, yeah, yeah and then also another thing I think which is other runners I know who are pregnant appreciate this like you, you're not used to being bigger mm. you feel kind of like you feel you feel bad I felt bad because you're looking at yourself and you're just like you don't really like what you see even though you know 
it's for a reason. Yeah. I, I don't wear makeup, um, but I actually did start wearing makeup late stage pregnancy, even though we we're in lockdown. Yeah. And this is like, why are you wearing, why are you wearing like, <laughs> what are you doing? Why are you wearing makeup? And I'm like, it's like, it's, make, it's for me. I think that's the best reason to wear. Yeah. And I'm like, it's just to make myself feel better. I know I'm not going out anywhere, but it's like, yeah. makes me feel better. So. Did you, did you face any like me- mental challenges during your pregnancy about, um, either worried that you would never get back to where you were fitness wise or worried that your body was changing? Did you, did you feel anything in that sense? Um, no, I, well, I, before, this is going to sound weird, but before I fell pregnant, I was, I was always a bit worried about the labor, mm. but then as soon as I found out I was pregnant, I just ended up not worrying about it, which is good. Mm. But because I was able to keep on running, I didn't ap- appreciate the trauma of labor, which is, I didn't appreciate that at all. Um, so it's only afterwards then I have realised, and it totally depends on the delivery. Like if you have a nice simple delivery, it's so much easier. Um, and I know that because the pelvic health physio that I saw, I felt I had to see afterwards to get back running. Mm-hmm. Um, she saw another, basically I saw someone else, another like is a really good runner in Scotland who has had a baby this year and I messaged her saying, well, I saw you saw this pelvic health physio, would you recommend her? And she was like, yes. And the pelvic health physio actually said that she'd had a lot more simple delivery than I had. So she said, if, if she, if you'd had the delivery she had, you'd be back running much more easily without any problems. Mm. But because of the delivery that I had, she said, you're going to have to work a lot harder to get back. So I'm not scared of hard work, but I was just scared that I would never get back. Like, but I didn't realise that until after I had all the problems after. Birth. Yeah. So, so once you had Molly, um, what happened for the weeks after and the months after to get back to running? Um, so Molly was a bit uh, difficult. Um, she, so basically I went, I, I was still cross training. So I stopped running. I was still cross training, cross training on the Saturday. And then I had contractions starting on the Saturday night. And then she didn't arrive until the Thursday. Oh, wow. Those few days were actual. My mum was amazing because my mum had a really difficult first birth. Mm-hmm. And then with me, and then she didn't tell me till later, but her mum did as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would just I would just be like, get upset on the phone. I'm like, I can't do another day like this. And then mum would be like, you'll be fine. I didn't know at the time. She, she said she was actually worried about me, but it was, she didn't want to tell me at the time. Um, but it was like the weird, the contractions would be at night and they would go away during the day. I couldn't get any sleep. But then by the time the three days went on, then I'd be so tired that I would actually sleep in between the contractions because they were coming about every sort of 20 minutes. Mm. It was just really tiring. And then I had to actually, I was in so much pain, like I'd hardly walk. I went into maternity triage a couple of times to try and get pain relief. And I thought I was broken and they said they hadn't. But then in retrospect, they said they had. Oh. It was just a bit, it was really like weird. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it was a very difficult time. And then when Molly arrived, it turns out that we found out why the reason why she was difficult was because she was OP. Um, that means occipital posterior, which means that her occiput, so her skull, is at the back. Mm-hmm. So she wasn't breached, her head was down, right. but she was facing the wrong way. Um, and basically, there's not as much room for her to come down through my pelvis. Right. Um, so yeah, it was. Um, so basically, I'd pushed her down far enough. Uh, so I, I was admitted on the, the Wednesday. She arrived on the Thursday. Yeah. But, um, 
the, and then Cedric Consultant came along and they were going to take me to theatre and then they changed their mind, I'm not sure why. Um, but yeah, yeah. But there's so much, so much stuff that happened. Like, so my, had my, I went for everything. By that time, I just wanted to get through everything. So I was like, you know, those people that are like, oh, I could do a natural birth. Mm. I was like, no, none of that. It's like, give me everything. <laughs> <laughs> um, <I> so <laughs> I, was terrible. I had the gas in the air, had the morphine, and then they put in the epidural. Yeah. Then the epidural came out, but we didn't realise until it was too late for it to work again. Oh, um, it was bliss, though. The epidural was in. I got a couple of hours sleep, which I think was heaven, yeah. before Molly was supposed to arrive. Mm-hmm. So the epidural went in, got a couple of hours sleep. Amazing. But then the epidural came out without us knowing. The morphine had worn off, and you can't give morphine too close to the baby arriving because it makes them too sleepy. Mm. Um, so then it was time for Molly to come out, and the obstetric consultant was there because there were issues now. Uh, and I was just on gas in the air. And I was breathing that thing like nobody's business. It was awful. <laughs> and then Lou was like, oh, so I'll take it off her. And, I, and he was just, he didn't even really try properly because he knew I would just have been like. But yeah, so there was a lot of pulling side to side. It was ventus, so that's when they put the wee cup on Molly's head to get her out. Aww. I feel lucky that she wasn't forceps because that would have been no more trauma again. Um, but pulling a lot side to side. And um, it caused a hematoma, which I didn't realise at the time. Um, even though I could feel it. Like I was walking along. And then afterwards... Uh, so she came out she's healthy that is great um but at the time I was just so tired there's a lot of pulling a lot of stretching and uh at the time you don't care because you've just been through quite a lot already and you just wanted it to be over kind of thing um so then afterwards the nurse was like oh we'll need to get you for a shower but we'll need to wait a wee while because the epidural because he tried to put the epidural back in mm. but it wouldn't I was like no I can go for a shower now and she's like oh no no you won't and I was like no I'm pretty sure I said can I just try and then and I was fine because it hadn't worked at all yeah. It's just been, yeah, it's been, like, interesting. Um, oh, but then, yeah, so then I had a hematoma, got discharged, went home, but I was hobbling about and I couldn't really walk. Yeah. And then it got worse and it was it became infected. Oh. It was the most pain I've ever been in. I was actually, like, screaming, crying, like, at home. Oh. And I was just and I was on the phone to turn to Chia's to come back in. I was just oh. crying on the phone. It's just... But basically, I got readmitted. They gave me IV antibiotics. It came down. It was great because I didn't need to go back to the theatre. It was perfect. But that, that's basically what most of my issues are related to now is because the hematoma was really big. Mm. Like when I I didn't realise, because I was looking after Molly, you're so busy with a newborn. Yeah. It's all new. You're, you're, you're writing down, you obviously don't do it now, but I write, you're writing down how much she was feeding, how long mm. she was like on the breast for, how often she was on. Just so much stuff that you were like writing it down because they told you to write it down. Yeah. I wish, you don't really check yourself, that kind of thing. But I looked down, my, my right, like my right butt cheek was so much lower than my left because mm. the hematoma was just so big. Mm. And I, I didn't even realize until the community midwife had been, and she was like, "You, because you don't know what's normal." Because I don't know what's normal. Yeah. Um, and it's only when she'd gone, I'd been so busy that morning looking after Molly. Then I checked, and then I was like, "Whoa!" And then the next day, that was excruciating pain, so I went back in. And, so it's all good now. But because that hematoma on the right side, um. So weeks later, when I went to see a pelvic health physio, she said on that right side now where I had the hematoma, mm-hmm. the fibres and the pelvic floor is so much weaker. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is interesting because obviously, even with all that pulling, the left side is totally fine because the hematoma wasn't on that side. Yeah. It is amazing how well the body heals, but with that hematoma there, the fibres can't knit together well enough. So. Mm. And it's, it's really quite amazing how, well, not, yeah, amazing how much women go through during pregnancy but we don't hear about it very often at all. 
Um, did, no. did you find like resources easy to come across like on the internet or did you have to speak to others or did you read certain books that were particularly helpful with this like period of the birth? Um, we used an app, um, the Baby Centre app, which was amazing actually. Uh, because it tells you, it, would be, it was amazing the number of times that I would say something to Lewis in that week. And then our day was a Sunday, because that was the day um, that, that we basically count things in weeks. So that was the day yeah. that they, they said, because it's like the first day of your last period, they use as a day. So it was a Sunday. And then um, it was, yeah, really good, because it helps keep the dad involved so much. Oh, yeah, that's like, nice. And then the app would say, oh, you might be no like noticing these things. And I just said it. It just totally verified what I said because sometimes I'd be saying to Lewis, oh, and you feel like you're making it up. Yeah. And symptoms, like I pretty much remember looking through all the symptoms of pregnancy and I had like them all, but I'd always said it before it came on. Mm-hmm. I'd had them all apart from like, apparently you can get gritty eyes. Like I didn't have that. But like, and it was really interesting because it would say things like, oh, your baby really craves these nutrients at the moment. These are the foods that you should be eating. And I, I, when we'd been, like, I'd been out shopping or I'd been, I had to go to shop and I was like, oh, I want to get this. Like, for instance, one time I went through a period of, like, really eating, like, quite a lot of melon. Mm. Look at the app and it's like, oh, melon is really good for, I can't remember what the particular nutrient was at the time. Mm-hmm. But it's whatever stage of the development the baby's in, it needs, like, certain nutrients. And it's absolutely fascinating, like, the number of times I'd be craving something and then the, the app would say, like, mention, it was just really, really interesting. Yeah. So I would say that's really good for keeping, like, the dads involved as well. Yeah, because that's a big part of it too, isn't it? Um, so after you gave birth and now you're back running, mm-hmm. and you, have you competed as well? Or did you do cross-country? Yeah. yeah, yeah, there were two races. There was a 5K uh, on the road. It was like a sort of racing track. And there was the like a cross-country, like an invitational cross-country. It was 3K. So yeah, they were really good. Scottish athletes did really, really well getting them put on. Um but I wouldn't have been able to do like at the stage that I am without, well, a couple of things, the pelvic health physio. Yeah. Because I was doing my pelvic floor is fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and then people were commenting, be like, oh, you really should see a pelvic health physio. And I didn't even know that was a specific thing. Yeah. If there's like one message I would give like to women who were like after birth, mm-hmm. even if you think you're fine, I would 100% get yourself checked out by a pelvic health physio just mm-hmm. to make sure that you're doing the exercises properly and everything's healing well. And she'll give you the all clear. You still yeah. see them now? No. No. So she, I saw her three times. So the first time, um, and she was like, oh, yeah, everything's really uh, not not very good. On the right-hand side, you're so weak. Yeah. Um, and then the next time was like, oh, yes, you're improving. You're on the right track. And then the last time she was like, um, oh, you're, you're fine to start by running. And I was like, what? Because I didn't feel like I was. Mm-hmm. And she's like, yeah. So then that same day I went out and did a mile. And then, but it's a really slow build up. So it's a mile day off, two miles day off, yeah. another two day off. And then I started back at sessions at the end of October. So I've been back at sessions for two weeks, but I still, everything's not still okay. Like people don't talk about this stuff, but I'm still like leaking a bit. Mm. Yeah. But then when you talk to other women who've given birth, like they, that's what they are experiencing. Mm. But I don't want, I, I'm still working hard at it because I don't want to get, uh, be stuck like this. Yeah. Yeah. Another thing that's been really important is shockwave. I love shockwave because shockwave helped my knee, but um, I had like osteitis pubis and my SI joints. Mm-hmm. I had loads of like pelvic pain. 
And apparently when you've got pe- issues around about your pelvis, it causes like bony edema and your mm-hmm. pelvic floor muscles can't contract properly. Right. So once you get that settled down, so even now, like if I, if I, like after that first race I did, that 5K, my SI joint flared up and then I started leaking again because my pelvic floor muscles can't contract as well. Yeah. So I went another shockwave treatment, that settles the bony edema down, yeah. SI joint pain went away and then my pelvic floor can contract so much better, which oh. I feel I'm doing my exercises and then I stop leaking. It's so yeah. interesting. I've never actually used shockwave treatment at all. But. Oh, yeah, I, I swear by it. It treats tendon issues, it treats, if you start to get like a stress response in a, in a bone, it mm. treats that. Mm. I don't um, know how it works, I'll look into that. <laughs> it's basically um, sound waves and energy waves that basically stimulate the healing. You mm. Definitely look into it, it's really good. That's really good. Was it, was, is there anything that has shocked you about having a newborn, either good or bad, um, and doesn't have to be related to running, it could just be either a pleasant surprise, like, wow, didn't I didn't even realise this is a big, this is, this happens sort of thing. Um, I think we're in a good time at the moment, Lewis and I, because when we go for a run, like, for instance, we'll do a long run and Lewis will push Molly in the buggy mm. and I'll, and I'll just, I'll be able to run without the buggy. Yeah. I am, like, pleasantly surprised about how well I think we're doing at the moment. Yeah. Um, but I do think it's going to get tougher as she gets older. Uh-huh. But, um, so like a nice little outing for you guys then. Yeah. 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 On a run. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so cute because we went out for a Sunday run last, we did a long run on a Sunday, last Sunday. And you get loads of comments and people just look. It's really, but the comment, the guy was like, oh, starting them young, I like it. It's <laughs> <laughs> really cute comments. It's really sweet. Yeah. That's nice for Molly, though, to be outside. It must be a lot healthier for a baby to be outside that much, I guess. Yeah, you'd think so. And then, but then it's just sometimes with the wind, and we've got like a really, like, we had to go and get another hat the other day just because, like, it's, we had one that was really annoying. It would cover her eyes. She gets upset. Which oh. kept me, like, so. and if the hat comes off as well, she could probably get cold pretty quickly. So, yeah. So, and then long runs, she's starting not to sleep the whole way. She'll normally fall asleep, but she's starting not to sleep the whole way through. So mm-hmm. the long runs, we have to stop um, sometimes a couple of times. What we do is we just prop the milk bottle up and are we, are we sleeping? <laughs> we just prop oh. it up again. Uh. <laughs> so it's I, think we're, I think we're in a really good place at the moment, but I do think it will get tougher when she gets older. So. At least she can appreciate this time. Totally, yeah. I think it's important that we do as well, because yeah. it can fly by and then you don't really stop and appreciate what you've got at the moment yeah do you have any um running goals for the next year possibly (laughs) um yeah i do actually uh i the commonwealth games uh qualifying times have been announced oh nice yeah for what uh, my pb for the 5k is on the road mm. i'm never sure if you're supposed to be faster on the track by the road i know i don't know i think mm. you meant faster on the track but i'm, I'm not yeah um so what you mean as in your pb is not or you're not sure um i my pb is faster on the road yeah because i think i'm the same but then i don't know if it's just because i haven't had that many opportunities to do it on the track mm, maybe but yeah the qualifying time is 1546 for the Commonwealth Games for the 5k mm-hmm. and my PB is 15.49 but on the road um, so, no, 2004, I'm, um, a year or two ago. so it's again it was a year or two ago was it 
It was 2019, yeah. So that was when I was really fit, and then I got injured, and then Molly, we found out that we were pregnant with Molly. That's exciting, if that could yeah. be. Yeah. But it's one of those things that, like, yeah, I, I'm not scared about seeing it, but it's like, you can always, there's always a chance you're going to fail, isn't there? But yeah. I'm hoping, you know when people talk about this, have you heard of the testosterone boost people talk about after pregnancy? No. Oh, Yeah. So there's that. supposed to be like a wee boost you get because um, a lot of people do come back running better afterwards. Yeah. Um, but e- and that's even though they're dealing with like obviously their healing body and then sleepless nights and breastfeeding. But I I only managed to breastfeed for like three months, mm-hmm. so total breastfeeding, so nothing else. I totally hit a wall. I was so tired. I just so then I gradually decreased it and then my milk supply stopped at like five months. So. It was okay. Like, I'd managed to do all right, but yeah. I think it, like it probably worked in really well with running as well because the hormone relaxing is stimulated by breastfeeding, and that makes everything a bit looser. So I think it's probably worked out for the best. Yeah, sounds a bit selfish though, but I think if it's, it's important, I feel it makes me a better mum if I'm yeah. happy doing what I'm yeah. doing. Yeah. yeah, and you've yeah you can't you can't change your body, so you just kind of have to work with what you've been given. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so we'll just mention quickly at the end about your professional career because you also have a business. Um, so you did you did medicine at university and then you went on to do dentistry. Yeah, yeah. And now you are a dentist, but you also yeah. do facial cosmetic work. Yeah, yeah. So I do facial aesthetics. So um, I'm a dentist and I took maternity leave. So I took six months off. But it was like a month, because Molly was two weeks late, it ended up being like a, only five months after Molly was mm. was born. But then the facial settings with lockdown, I started that after, when Molly was still a month old, because you can't, so, so basically it's like Botox and fillers, um, skincare, tooth whitening. Um, but a lot of my, as I said to you before we came on, a lot of my patients are not like the patients that have the big lips, it's just uh, trying to restore their confidence because they see that they're not, in the mirror they see changes that they don't like so aging causes like loss of bone and loss of fat in your face um, mm. and also your skin quality decreases so people don't like seeing those signs of aging mm. so it's just trying to address those and help people feel a bit better and it does link in well with the dentistry because of the we have a really good knowledge of anatomy and mm-hmm. a really good eye for things and also um with this it's like a lot of it so for instance i can look at someone's mouth I look at someone's face as well and you can sometimes see if they've lost a bit of bone from having lost teeth mm. it's like a combination approach so um if someone has like lost teeth and they want implants or a, a denture then you can also do like sort of the facial aesthetics work to try and restore any sort of volume loss they have in certain areas so mm. it does work well yeah um, obviously with with covid there's um and the, entering the tears that has to stop but I'm still at the dental practice yeah so um, you do like part-time dentistry and part-time yeah 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 so it's really good it's working in really well yeah so you must be pretty busy um looking after molly training working yeah it just it just sounds really bad but we're in tier four again now as everyone is now pretty much um so the clinic's shut but to be honest i did start back when i still wasn't able to like walk properly or even sit down properly so it's actually been really nice to get uh, some time with Molly so and Nicola Sturgeon up here is going to make another announcement on the 16th of January yeah. um, so to be honest I'm just going to enjoy the time with Molly yeah. she's 
out in the buggy a lot with me running, so. Probably <laughs> really nice. I was going to ask what your favourite Sunday would look like, I mean, like your perfect Sunday would look like, but I feel like probably you can go ahead and answer that, actually. You maybe guess. Um, favourite Sunday would be, we've got a really nice sunny day up here. It makes such a difference. Mm. Like a nice crisp day. We went out for a run. I'm not a morning person, though, but it is once you get your Sunday run done earlier, you just feel like you're set up for the day. Do you guys feel like that? Yeah. 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 Like you function so much better after you've had your exercise. Yeah. yeah. Can't function without it, to be honest. Oh, yeah, same. same. That's why I went for a buggy run before I came on here, because I'm like... Yeah. Um... <laughs> and, yeah, we'd be getting that out of the route early and then just chilling out with Lewis and Molly would be lovely. Yeah, I was gonna say what have to do. Do you know that Sunday night feeling? If you can just chill out yeah. without the bits and bobs to do before. It's good. quite simple, really, isn't it? When you when I when I thought about like what my perfect day would be, it's literally just exercise and spend time with people that you want to spend time with. Yeah, yeah. You don't need anything. <laughs> do you know what? Well? I got ridiculously excited when was it? This was on holiday back in October, and we don't normally watch TV during the day. Mm. We watched that. I'd already seen it, but I'd forgotten. And it's Doctor Foster. Oh yeah. oh yeah, that's quite yeah. good actually. But we watched it during the day, and I was so excited. I'm like, oh, we're sitting here watching TV during the day, and he was just like, "What are you so excited about?" And I'm like, "Really? <laughs> we're actually like, because it's howling outside." In fact, I'd taken a rest day actually, because I not because of the weather, but because I was due one, and it was like, oh, it's just so good. Yeah. So excited. It's the small things always, isn't it? And it's just getting cosy and not having to, yeah. to do anything and you can actually relax inside. Yeah. yeah definitely the small thing. Um, do you have any idols that you look up to, running running or non-running? Yes. Uh, my, but I don't know if you'll know, you might be too young for you girls. Um, do, you, do you remember Lisa Dabrisky? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I loved her. She was just such a nice person and yeah. so talented. Like, she'd be injured. And then she would get back running like so fast. Mm. She was just like so like super talented and so nice. She yeah. was just like I really looked up to from like so it kind of sticks with you, you know, if it's someone from when you were yeah. younger. Mm -hmm. So I think she's retired now because I've not seen anything from her. Yeah. She was amazing. Yeah. She was a fifteen hundred meter runner as well, wasn't she? Yeah. yeah. Nicola, do you have any questions that you want to ask? Oh, you've got me there. Um yeah so when you um during the pregnancy like let me have a think actually Lonnie, you've you've uh, shocked me um during the pregnancy did you keep doing sessions throughout or was it kind of just running you know like at the, the early part of it yeah um so I was still getting back from being uh, from oh yeah so I actually never got back to sessions so what I would do is just do my runs and it yeah. was actually, I actually like seeing it through the winter so it's actually really nice like just thinking oh, I'm going home from work and I don't have to go to a session which sounds really yeah. yeah. um, but I didn't do any sessions and the only thing we would do is we started doing park runs yeah so then I would just do I would do a faster run at, like so we at least I'd be a 5k so we have three miles on a Saturday morning and that'd be it yeah. so I'd do runs, I'd, I'd do runs most days and then yeah. I'd do a faster run and a park run and I was actually like pleasantly surprised how fast I could still go. Mm. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't do any sessions. Yeah. Oh. Do you think you'll go back to pat runs once you start up? Yeah. Um, 
probably not actually. Well, they're really, they were like fantastic. Um, yeah. But we do our tempo on a Thursday now. And then I tend to, I'm going to probably try and start doing like cross country sessions on a Saturday now. Mm-hmm. So I do a session on a Tuesday, a Saturday morning, and then we do a tempo on a Thursday. And then right. do a long run on Sunday. And other than that, it's just like mm. easier runs. Yeah. Do you have a coach at the moment? Sorry. Uh, no, well, I still, I train with the guys again, so it's um, a central, so it's Derek who takes the group. Right. But, uh, no, we're basically. That's nice that you go that you back with Derek. Oh, oh yeah, it's like honestly, they're so such a nice group of guys. Mm. Like, yeah, it's just really, really good, and yeah, um, basically, I say self coach, but not really. Lewis helps me because Lewis is a great runner, so Lewis. Mm-hmm. Um, He's very wise. He's so sensible and so he helps me so much. I think he's actually like the like biggest asset that I have because he like for instance on my tempo yesterday he'll come and help me. He just yeah I think I'm really lucky with that. So he basically if I'm like so for instance this week I'm taking a recovery week and mm-hmm. I'm like oh maybe I should be doing like seven miles today and Lewis is like no he's like you're doing less miles this week five miles is totally fine. And I'm like, oh, yes, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> we just need that extra voice sometimes, don't we, to not go mental about it. Yeah, so yeah. I've, I've got one more question. So you said, like, when you found out about being pregnant, um, it was a bit of a surprise. Yeah. But would it, have you got any advice to any new, like, any runners who are either wanting children but scared of giving their athletics up or losing that part of them or, like new mums or anything that actually it will be fine because did you did, were you scared of that as well no because I was able to keep on running throughout I think I'm a bit complacent and I didn't appreciate about the after um, but I think the I think the two main things would be don't rush it so be really patient it's everybody says and you're like yeah yeah okay I'll be different because I was able to run all throughout but it's not it's not like that so I would just, well, maybe more than two things. During pregnancy, I would say just go with how you feel each day because you can't really plan much because some days you'll wake up and you'll feel rotten, like so bad. Yeah. Um, yeah, then afterwards, take your time, but definitely see a pelvic health physio to make sure yeah. you're okay. That'd be the So the one thing during pregnancy and the two things afterwards. I would say. Yeah, that's good. Thank you. All right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I think we could talk for a long time, but I think we maybe um up now so don't leave too much of your time Morag. Um thank you very much for the interview today. You've been really insightful. I think a lot of people will benefit from it and it's been really interesting to hear about your running career and also you becoming a new mum. Um so thank you very much. And I'll interesting because I just feel sometimes I go off on a wee tangent sometimes it's chatting away but I don't know if it's what people what's interest people or anything. So hopefully someone finds it more useful definitely going to be useful thank you yeah thank you thanks well that was a brilliant um podcast with morag we both really enjoyed it didn't we nicola yeah it was really really inspiring and insightful yeah she's lovely and she looks amazing to say she's a got a six month old baby i know her skin is unbelievable isn't it yeah, um I think we could have we, we've spoken about this and we could have talked to Morag for for a very very long time yeah definitely and I think if anyone's listening who's pregnant or thinking of having children or um has children and just wants to who are quite young um I'm sure 
um, you can comment on a post that we put up in. I'm sure more I could be interested to hear. Yeah. Thoughts on stuff because yeah. you're all in the same boat as well. Yeah, she's, yeah, I think she'd be really helpful as well if you got in touch with her about any queries or concerns that you have. Um, I know Morag sent us a message after we recorded it and she just wanted to make it clear that she would never, would she's, she doesn't ever want to put anyone off having a child. If anything, she kind of is not promoting it, but saying it's the best thing that's ever happened to her. Um, and she said that it's the happiest she's ever been after having Molly. Um, I think she's found some sort of love that she didn't know was ever possible. Um, and she also wanted to say, it was one of the questions I asked about what was the biggest surprise about becoming pregnant and the answer that she then thought of in retrospect was um the love for molly that she has is something that she she never knows was, was possible so just wanted to add that in um but no it was really good and yeah there was just so much we could have talked about like a running career itself where she, where she wants to go running the pregnancy what she the, what the current situation is, her work, what else they like to do, if they have time to do anything else. Um, yeah, so maybe we could get Mara again another time to talk yeah. about other things. Yeah, she was very inspiring. Yeah, very inspiring. Right, is that it, Nicola? Anything else that you want to... No, nothing from me, nothing right. from me. Should we sign off for the day? Yes. Let's Until next time. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.